This episode of the Podular Modcast is brought to you by Recovery Effects and Devices. Quality handmade effects and modules paying homage to classic synth and effects designs while innovating for today's studios and musicians. Hello, my name is Tim Held. Welcome to the Podular Modcast, where we feast on the frequencies of modular synthesis. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Podular Modcast. Today's guest is Chris Davis. Um, He performs under the name Chris Davis and PLL, and he is in a band called Brain Fruit. Um, Super awesome dude, we had a great talk with him. Um, We did it in his studio, and it was was the second episode we did, the first with Ian, and... uh, the audio is is a little rough. I'm gonna I'm gonna just warn you right now. Uh, I did my best to try to make it sound good, and it was on my older computer, and it I got a new computer because the older one was starting to basically die. <laughs> is the best way to put it. And um, I lost I lost the last like ten minutes of track one. So at towards the end. You're gonna you're gonna hear some frequency shifts. You know, the EQ is gonna be a little different. I tried I tried to make it sound seamless, but alas, I did not. This was also early before we had totally honed in our our process of doing the patch challenge before we implemented the time limit. So Chris was actually working on his patch for longer than we talked, um, which was really cool. Um, but that would make a two-hour episode. So. I took my favorite, you know, three, three and a half minute snippet of what he did and put it at the end. Chris doesn't have a whole lot of recorded, produced material. Um, however, if you if you look up uh, PLL Live at Mobius Sisters on uh, SoundCloud, you can you can check out one of his live sets. Um, you can also check out Brain Fruit if you go to you know Bandcamp and SoundCloud. And so yeah, you can find his stuff. I highly recommend you do so. Wanted to take a little time before we get into our talk with Chris um, to thank our our Patreon subscribers. Um, we have a couple of different tiers for subscribers, and one of those tiers is to get inducted into the Podular Modcast Cool Kid Club. So, as of right now, we have to do two official uh, inductions. So Josh Lim, Josh actually is an upcoming guest. He's uh, he's one of the two founders of the Modular on the Spot here in Seattle. So yeah, you were already a cool kid, but now you are an official Podular Modcast cool kid, Josh. Thanks. Also want to thank Brad Millington, who is the other half of Modular on the Spot Seattle. He uh, he helped out, and he's coming up on an episode. However, he he didn't pick the cool kid club. Brad, you're cool. I'm not taking that away from you. You're a cool dude, but I can't say you're a Podular Modcast Cool Kid Club member. And I'm, it pains me. And then Chris Schmackel. I really hope I got your last name right, man. Um, Schmackel. Chris Schmackel. Thank you very much. I officially dub you Chris as a Podular Modcast Cool Kid. Welcome. And just thank you to everybody else who, who selected a different... Uh, donor tier or whatever you call it um, you're helping us keep the lights on as they say 
And if you want to become a subscriber and get that sweet, sweet induction into the Cool Kid Club, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. We promise to use any help from Patreon to make this show better for you. So, uh, yeah, let's do this. All right, we're about to get into our episode with Chris, but I want to take a little bit more time here in the beginning to talk about this music that you're hearing uh, in our intro. This is by Anne Annie. It's from an album called Cordillera, and it... It's absolutely gorgeous. It's modular music. Um, she's currently my favorite person to follow on Instagram. Um, she does awesome, awesome shots of her her modular setup with like a beautiful mountain in the background. It's just it's it's just this really cool like you wouldn't expect to see a, a modular setup out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and and just her whole aesthetic with album art and and the way she shoots her videos and the sound of her music it, it all just it's it's it seems so intentional and it all works so well together so go check out Ann Annie um, on Bandcamp and I think she has some albums on Spotify um, I like to support through Bandcamp personally um, but yeah if you guys have some cool stuff that you uh, want to recommend or you know send in some of your tracks or, or recommend somebody to follow podmodcast at gmail.com for any of your podcast questions or needs. All right, let's talk to Chris Davis. Chris, so you record as Brain Fruit. Uh... Live projects as Brain Fruit. Brain Fruit is a. Uh, I'm a member of the band Brain Fruit. Uh, we're currently on semi hiatus. Uh, John, the other uh, founding member, is living in Oakland right now, so uh, we're not currently active. But um, you know, we do can, you know, want to continue to uh, do music like that together. We just, uh, you know, uh, are in different places right now. So walk us through all the projects that you have currently. Okay. Any past projects you're proud of? Uh, sure. So there's Brain Fruit, which is more kind of Krautrock, IDM, uh, electroacoustic music. There's a drummer in that band as well. It was originally all like, like well, it went through a lot of stages, but it, it is uh, currently we do uh, play with a, a drummer, um, a live drummer. Uh, so... There's that one, and then um, I've played shows under just the name Chris Davis before, and generally I've tried to think of those more as experimental uh, shows, shows that are more drone-based, experimental music-based, uh, and then I play under the name PLL, and that is a, uh, that's a reference to like some sort of, you know, module type thing, but it's, uh, that's my uh, more like techno project, uh, just, you know, with drum machines and pounding rhythms or whatnot so uh that's that one and that's that's pretty much it i i don't know uh those are if you were going to see me play in a band right now it'd be under one of those three okay. monikers i know we played together like i think probably close to three years ago now yeah uh Kremwork. what did i have a what was you were chris davis okay yeah, yeah yeah so that was before and then uh sam from motor was just like you got to think of a name before i bill you again you can't just go under chris davis and i was like okay man so i was like i'm gonna call it pll i know i've been i've been kind of between whether or not i want a, a moniker I, I i couldn't 
when I first started doing electronic music, I couldn't settle on one, but it's yeah. uh it's hard. It yeah. was very hard for me to pick a name. I think it's the hardest to me like I have a hard time putting words I'm an instrumental I play instrumental music. I'm, mm -hmm. I have a hard time putting words to sound or whatnot or thinking I don't know, kind of envisioning it like that, so uh, that was a hard one. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Everything I thought of, I thought sounded like pretentious, stupid, or, you know, like, you know, I was probably just being too hard on myself, but I, I found one that I think I like. I'll see what you guys think. Omomayad. It's a genus of extinct primate. Okay. Or it's a family, excuse me. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, How does it look on paper, though? O M O M Y I D, I think. Oh my okay. It, it, it's it's confusing. No yeah. one would know how to say it. Okay, that's um, that's that's good too. I think yeah. it makes for a good band name. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't know anything about modular synthesizers when we played together, mm -hmm. but I remember I remember being kind of baffled, impressed, and intimidated by the setup that you had okay. when we played. Was it this one, or it seemed like it was a lot bigger? Did uh, you have a lot bigger of a setup then, or? It, it depends. Uh, so, I'm not sure what I was playing at that show. So uh -huh. usually, each show's different, specific uh -huh. to the show. I don't ever have a a set that I do. It's always just an improvised performance. Okay. Uh, I mean, especially with like a modular synth, it's mm -hmm. like you can't really do the same thing twice. So yep. you just kind of have to pick a place to start and then see where it goes oh. and uh, kind of figure it out as you go. Like I always have a place I start in a performance, but uh, yeah, I had a different case that was this is. Uh, you know, 12U by 104 HP. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the case I was using for a long time was a uh, a mono rocket case that was 9U by by 90 HP. So that was technically smaller, but I may have had like a skiff or something with it at that okay. show. Um, it probably just looked enormous because I've never really yeah, seen one in person before. I've always like hovered around this sort of size, uh -huh. and like even like right now, I'm just like I don't want to buy anything more. I'm never. Yeah. I've gotten a little bit bigger that I've just, you know, I I just want everything to be really tight and, you know, like, and I, be able to, like, perform on it, do a bunch of different things, have a lot of different voices, but in a small space. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to go back to what you were saying, because th this, is, this is what I'm finding to be the most interesting thing when I'm talking to everybody about the different ways they use it. Um, so live, you said you have a, a place that you start from, but then it's it's like mostly improv from there. Or? Yeah. So do you kind of build a patch before you show up, or do you kind of do it during sound check? Um, I, I don't patch at shows. I usually bring a couple extra cables just in case I do feel like mm -hmm. I need to do something, but I'm usually too frantic in the moment that I have a hard time relaxing enough to like just step back and do that. Right. Because I'm always doing something, but for the most part what I do is have like maybe five voices, five mm -hmm. different voices set up, six, five or six voices, um, and I can cue off the mixer. Okay. So I can listen in headphones, and I can uh, kind of tune something in as other things are playing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, with a drum machine, I can save patches on the drum machine, but I'm not really a drum machine virtuoso. I just kind of use it as a backbone yeah. to things. Yeah, it took a while to figure out what I needed or what was going on or whatever. It started with, you know, less voices, but I'm just like, the more I can, uh, the more different options I can have, mm -hmm. the the better I'm able to improvise. Because I can just be like, well, I want something like this right now. Or I'm feeling something like this and I can just like, kind of get it figured out really fast. Uh -huh. and, I mean, a lot of times I don't take too long. I'll just like take like 
seconds until it'd be like that's good enough uh-huh, and right. just like bring it in sometimes it sucks uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and then i have to figure something better out uh-huh, you know what i mean uh-huh. but it's just it allows you to like keep rolling right with right. the set at least so so um before pre-modular mm-hmm. what were you you know uh keyboardist guitarist bassist uh or? well originally i mean i started out playing guitar a long like when i was in seventh grade or uh-huh. something like that I wasn't actually, I mean, I was never really good at it. It was more like a punk rock, you uh-huh. know, just rock and roll, just like some bar chords and stuff. Yeah. Maybe like a like a minor pentatonic scale, uh-huh. just ripping a solo. <laughs> I'm um, describing my set right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and then I, uh, I I played a little bass in a band just because someone needed a bass player. I just like borrowed a bass and played bass a little bit. And I actually really enjoyed jamming on bass. Like uh-huh. if I'm going to like improvise with a drummer, like I love just like locking into a groove and doing something really simple. Uh-huh. You know, more like that kraut rock kind of style where you're just kind of like, you're just like grooving, uh-huh. you know, nothing fancy. And then my guitar playing got way more into the effects pedals uh-huh. and just like all the delays and reverbs and everything, phasers, all that stuff. And then I was just kind of like, well, why, I, I don't even, why am I even playing guitar? All <laughs> I want to do is play the effects pedals. Uh-huh. Yep. So then I got in more into synthesizers. I had been into synthesizers before, but I realized that that was just actually what I wanted to do is just make sounds. I didn't really care about strumming a guitar. Right, you know? right. So, so, so walk us through the gateway of your synth evolution. How did you end up going from modular? I mean, do we start at Casio? Do we start? No, well, the first synth I ever had was a Juno 60. I got yeah. for, you know, like 300 bucks. And I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. And, you know, like synths were cheap in like the year 2000 or something like that. It was like 99 or 2000. I had it for like a little bit. I just bought it from a friend and then like sold it for maybe $100 more than I bought it for uh, when I went, like, moved out here to go to college. And then, um, in, in college, what I re- the, the first thing that really got me was I went to uh, uh, the Evergreen State College in Olympia, and they have some uh, music tech labs there. And I uh, the first the first year the first assignment we did was like playing with like tape loops and cutting up tape and stuff like that. And then it was uh, uh, I think it was the we had to wait maybe we had to wait until the second year maybe it was the first year too. But it, they had a they have three ARP twenty six hundreds there mm-hmm. in the three different labs they have. So like what really got me I was in more into like drone music back then just like you know textural stuff so i just like having two oscillators that i could just detune against one another i was like wow this is amazing i can just make i can just like listen to them like you know so that you know the arp 2600s are semi-modular and it just got me into like that they also had a, a bootless system from the 70s that i got to play with a lot um and then i was just kind of like i'm never going to be able to afford this stuff you know so it you know, years later, I got like a mono machine, you know, saved up my money and bought a mono machine for like 700 bucks or something like that, like used. And I still have it. We were just talking about it a second ago. Uh, and that's what kind of start kickstarted like brain fruit, which is doing those like sequenced synthesizer things, you know, like, and the cool thing about that is that, you know, it's six different voices. So you can basically make like whole, whole jams on it and just kind of like, uh, it's not a sampler and it's a, it's a, it's a sequence synthesizers so you can just like start in one place and just like totally like take it somewhere else with like you know as my friend called it uh, a long time ago it's like he's like oh yeah i get it it's like a it's like a journey through the knobs <laughs> it's like it's like yeah it is it kind of is you know yeah hmm. so it's fun because we play a show and you just start open the patch up over again and then you just like go crazy and get somewhere else uh and then you know you go to the next patch and do the same thing and then you play another show and they're right back where they started you know so it's kind of fun yeah and then uh, you know i uh, euro rack kind of became more popular and i just started buying that stuff i actually got like a somewhere in between i got like a a nord modular 
And like I, I liked it. I played with it in college before too, but it just didn't really sound very good. Mm -hmm. Really like uh, plasticky and just very like surface level. They didn't have any like depth to it. And this is with the old computer patching. Yeah, interface. you would patch on a computer. Like I literally three knobs total. I literally I bought a computer off of uh, Craigslist for like fifty bucks, like an old computer, so I could run the patch editor for it. <laughs> I was like, this kind of this kind of sucks, you know. I'd be playing it with like. Like, uh, my band member and Brainfruit was drawn, and he had, like, a, a Moog Prodigy that I played uh, most of the times when he did, like, a live show. He played, like, a Monopoly, and I played a Prodigy just to play some little, like, simple lead lines. And just listening to, like, the Nord modular compared to the Prodigy, it was, like, it, it was, like, nothing. It was, like, yeah. like if you if you just, like, hit a note on the Prodigy and it just swallows the whole, like, Nord modular alive, <laughs> it just, like, it just, like, disappears. So, so did you do much... Well, I guess, do you, do you do your own, like, production when you record, or do you do much production stuff? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get more into it. I, I've, I've been really um, anti-computer for a long time, uh -huh. but honestly, like, about a week and a half ago, I got a push, an Ableton push. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, it always, I was like, I don't, I don't, this seems silly, but I'm just like, wow, this could, like, be really, really powerful. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not trying to do, like, sampling and stuff, but just as far as, like, sequencing goes and mm -hmm. just kind of, like, putting it all together, I think it'll really help me yeah. in a lot of ways. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. My my buddy uh, Chris um, Haynes, do you know Leave Trace? Uh, I don't think so. He's, he's He hangs with, like, Andy and those guys. He's mm -hmm. probably, like, the original Monster Crew, okay. Monster Planet guys. Probably. May, may have met him before, yeah. Um, he plays primarily with a push, and yeah. he, like, plays it like an instrument. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. It's a super powerful tool, mm -hmm. and I don't know, I just... I'm with you though. That's part of part of the push of me getting into um, into modular is I've never been into soft sense. I've always been, you know, I've always had some sort of um, you know external gear, but modular synthesis is like really blowing up right now. It's huge. I have all these friends who keep being like, "Hey, I'm I'm getting into this," and like friends that I used to you know play guitar in guitar bands with in in Iowa and like. Mm -hmm. In like the year two thousand, and they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into this stuff, and I was like, wow, that's like, like that's blows my mind. Yeah. And this guy, he was just like, what kind of case should I get? And he's, you know, he's probably I'm thirty six, and he's probably thirty eight. Uh huh. He made a good point. I was like, I can't believe you're getting into that. And he was just like, you know, it just makes a lot of sense to get into synthesizers once you're once you're like an aging musician. Uh huh. It's like can't play guitar like you can't play in like you know unless you like playing like blues band or something right. it's like you're not going to be playing guitar it's just not interesting anymore mm -hmm. you you want like something else to explore mm -hmm. so how much did getting a modular change just the way you thought about writing playing producing music just the whole thing because for me it shook the foundations and it's totally yeah so for me i haven't been doing a lot of recorded music since I've gotten into this thing. I do mostly improvised shows, mm -hmm. and I have some improvised work that has been put out and stuff like that. And but it's just like, for the most part, I it's just like when you're playing something like this in an, in an environment, it's just like it's never done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never like, it's never finalized. You're just like you're like just holding it in time. You're just kind of like making something for that moment or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I. I think I need to change my view of that if I want to get make recordings that I really like because it's like I'll do something and I'll be like that sounded great at the time but then it's just like but it's just for that moment mm -hmm. and oh, I'm right there with you man yeah it's just you know it's to me it's about tuning you're just basically like tuning in the situation the environment and making something that sounds good to you at the time mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and that might not sound good the next day it might sound great like a week and a half later but it's just one of those things that it's just like it's very specific to the time and the place and the vibe and how you're feeling and you're just like because everything's like malleable it's just like very mm -hmm. um it's very like pure frequencies and just like it's about how it feels in the room and stuff like that and like I don't know when you're playing in front of people it's like they're kind of like you're kind of like vibing with them too and mm -hmm. just uh i don't know it's like there's something like really weird on you know something really weird about it that's like undescribable it's like hard for someone who doesn't uh have tools like this or or hasn't tried to do you know performances with these sorts of things to describe how how kind of like powerful and in the moment it can be or whatever I can't help but think of it as kind of like an exercise in impermanence. Yeah. I, I, that's what I like about it. Before getting into modular, I was, I, I recorded everything. Yeah. And I would chop everything up. That was the point, right? Yeah, You're the just whole like, point that's what I'm doing, is I'm making, after, a, I'm making a recording. Yeah, I was after whatever the next yeah. album was going to be or whatever. And since I've started doing this, I, I don't really record anything. And if I do, it's more just to be like, well, this is going to disappear. Yeah, I'm just to just, ca just to it capture it. It's like you, it's like you play for like an hour and then you just record the last like three minutes. Exactly. That's yeah, what that's, that's, that's what yeah. I do. But it just doesn't really capture the... I mean, I, I should probably always hit record, but I don't want to sift through a million files. That's, yeah, It's exactly. just like for me or if I play out, it's for the people that are there and that's uh -huh. fine, you know, so. I'm fine, that, I just find it very rewarding. Yeah. Just, I don't, it's, it's rewarding in the practice of doing it, but I'm also finding like, this again, not to sound too cheesy, but like almost like personal growth through the fact that I'm okay with letting that thing disappear, yeah. having been the only person that ever heard it. I think there's a lot of, yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting, like, deeper things with modular synthesizers. Like, just, it, if you think about the way the world works, it's all just, like, you know, frequencies and cycles and all of these things or whatever, and you're just, like, you have this, like, system to control, like, you know, it's a small bandwidth or whatever. It's a small range mm -hmm. of, you know, sensory whatever but it's like you're controlling like a certain thing in space you're building something that happens like right there and it's like you're making it's like a i don't know i was like on the beach one time just watching the waves like form the sand or whatever uh -huh. and i was just like it's kind of like you know like being like a synthesis you're kind of like it's not that uh strong of like a physical thing or whatever but it's very really similar to that you're just mm -hmm. like shaping things with sound but yeah but sound is only a small, you know, what you can hear with your ears is only a small spectrum in the in the universe of frequencies or oh, whatnot. Oh, yeah, and, so and it's like, what is going on to make that sound? Like, yeah. yeah, the sound is such a small fraction of it. Yeah, that. right. It's but super... I mean, but you're controlling that, that range, you know, with all mm -hmm. these things. But then you get into, like, LFOs and, the, you know, the period of all these different things that are, like, longer or whatever. You don't hear them, but they're controlling all these other mm -hmm. parameters and stuff. But I, I don't know, it's just a... Uh, so you can get pretty deep into that stuff. It's just like a powerful tool set that you can create with. You can do whatever you want with it. It's just, mm -hmm. they're like simple things that you can use to make other things. I don't know. Like you are creating, like you said, like you are doing that thing. You are controlling. You're kind of like the god of the little world. Yeah. But you, you, you paint in broad strokes with a big brush. Yeah. You know, like um, there's, a, there's maybe an idea you're after but you got to chisel that idea out of a lot of marble and it might not look exactly like you yeah, thought about it. It kind of like leads you a little bit too, mm -hmm. you know, depending on whatever. But, uh, I mean, 
you, you can like try to do have it do exactly what you want. You can kind of get close. There's ways. I like the puzzle of thinking about it, like being like, how could I do that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know I can do that. Yeah. I just have to figure out how to do that or whatever. Those puzzles are fun. You yeah. know, like just being <laughs> like, well, how would you do that with like, you know, how can I add like these frequencies? You know, because it's all, it's all frequencies. So mm -hmm. it's like you can, it's all, it's all voltage. So you can like add and subtract and you can like arrange things in certain ways. Uh, to to do a lot of different things in, in ways that you wouldn't necessarily uh, expect, you know, like so you can like use these things in really weird ways, mm -hmm. you know, like like you can sequence with like anything, you know uh -huh. what I mean? Like you can just have to figure out how to like break up different things or whatever. So yeah, I love those aha moments where you're where you're 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 going through and you're like, oh my god, I could use my VCA for that. Yeah. Um, or just watching somebody else patch on a similar system. Is yeah, really, yeah. You can really see. Have you ever tried patching like Surge? Uh huh. Uh, you know, like banana, it takes banana plugs banana or whatever. Um, it's expensive. It's like a four U system. Um, but uh, the way the way Surges are patched is really interesting. Like all the modules, like Eurorack's gotten very specific. So it's like one thing does one thing, mm -hmm. and it's kind of boring in that sense. Yeah. So Surge is like the opposite of that, where everything is just like a basic building block, but it does a lot of different things. It's like really well thought out. So I don't know. Like the basis of like Surge stuff is just like I don't know. I feel like the most powerful thing is like slope generators. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, everyone knows what like a maths is or whatever uh -huh. um that's just like like Buchla and surge had those same things or whatever and it's just like you can do so much with like slopes you know you can it's just like a function generator it just mm -hmm. does all these different things and you can use it however you want so it's like the thing you can never have enough of right you know um but yeah surges are weird because it's just like it's banana plugs so you're stacking a lot of cables and you're doing a lot of like you know utility things to get it to do whatever um but yeah, I mean, look into those sometime. It's really, it's, yeah, it it's interesting. Really it's like, Eurorack's gotten very, all the popular stuff has gotten really kind of like, it's gone down one path or whatever. Whereas mm -hmm. like, I, I love like, you know, like dope for systems. Cause it's just like, it's all just like block, building blocks. Yeah. I wish I had more, I, I wish I had a huge system of dope for, but uh -huh. instead I just want to have like a compact thing with lots of voices. So uh -huh. I have to, you know, like sacrifice the, the, experimentation of having like all these little little like voltage modules and mm -hmm. stuff so i've found this well and I, I find it interesting to bring up surge because if you look at the diy community if you look at electro music muff wiggler everyone that's yeah. making their own boards there is such a lean towards uh, reissuing surge boards yeah bukla uh creating pure function generators yeah uh, whereas the people that are tied in directly to Eurorack and doing DIY stuff are people I think like Hex Inverter that are building a very specific thing, a specific percussion module, yeah. a specific wild oscillator. Right. But it is always put much less in mathematical terms. Well, because and the, yeah, those designs are like classics for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, and for all these people not everyone can have like this like epiphany of like some classic module it's you know what i mean it's like it's hard to make a classic and those are just like stood the test of time you well, know, so. most people are trying to figure out how to make a basic circuit yeah well know? yeah and uh and i i think it's i think it's really intriguing in that way but i i want to ask looking at your setup it's it's compact it's perfectly spaced You've filled up your rack fully. Yeah. Are is this your full? Is this all of the modules that you have? 
I have three more that are for sale right now. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I have a Trigger Riot. I have a Z8000, both by tip-top, and then I have a Topo Burial, like, triple wave folder, which are were really useful. I love all of those things, but um, I have... I have other ways to get those functions in this system, so it's like I don't, it's not the most, and they take up a lot of space too. So I really enjoyed having them. It's like those those are modules that I've like bought and sold a couple times. That happens. Uh huh, yeah. Because, you know, it's like you let something go and you're like, whatever, I'll just, you know, get something else. And then you're like, well, I really liked, I missed having that one, so you buy it again. I'm curious what the evolution of your setup was. What it was that you found yourself leaning on again and again, you wanted to double up on. What yeah. is you found missing, and how you uh, filled that, and why this is yeah. the state of your setup after years of owning it. Okay, so the first system I bought, I bought off Muff Wiggler, like buy sell trade, and it was a full system. It was like some dude's garbage, basically. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't super expensive, but it was a lot of just random crap. Mm -hmm. But there was interesting modules that I wanted to try, so I I bought it. So it was like it was like a a bunch of like wired stuff, you know, like Maleco wired stuff. So all the whatever gargoyle griffin ones, you know. So it was like an anti-oscillator, which I thought was really cool. I still really like that. It's just like too big for what it does it's right huge. now. Yeah, my friend but it, one of it sounds really musical. It's uh, the way that the the way that it FMs is really musical on it. I really like that. Um, another thing was like a noise ring that was part of that system. I really like the noise ring. Just sold it to my friend Garrett, who's the you know, drummer for Brain Fruit. He just got a modular system too. Speaking of everyone getting a modular system, kill Garrett. <laughs> I know, right? So he's got the noise ring and he's got the Maleco oscillator. Um, and then uh, other parts of that system were emulators, but they were the old older versions uh, that had some circuit issues. So I replaced them with the newer ones. Um, but these were like my f first love were like these like envelator things. I mean, it's just they're just slope generators, but they're really well done. They're really well thought out. You can modulate the, you know, uh, attack and decay times. It's just really, they're they're just perfect utility modules. Most people like buy a maths or something instead. I've had a maths before. It's basically the same thing, but with uh, attenuators and mixers fun functions and stuff like that too. And then I tried to get more. You know, m musical stuff to make like more. I, I got really into modular sequencing for a little while. So, um, you know, with like the Z8000 and then like all these different like logic modules and like switches, you get into like, like that, you know, like Tangerine Dream, like, you know, like ratcheting sequences and all that sort of stuff. Modular sequencing is really fun, but I went with this case. I have the ModCan Touch sequencer and the, um, the IntelliGel Metropolis. So they're both. This is like they're like kind of hands-on or whatever, and I like the touch sequencer because you can just like save stuff. And you have like performance modes where you can just like hit a thing and all your sequences are saved. Um, so most of this case is focused on more of like a performance case. So a lot of complex oscillators, filters, envelopes, LFOs, sequencing, uh, a delay and a reverb, a phaser, and a frequency shifter. I, I like like slow modulation, so stuff gets like, it's you can listen to it over and over and over again, and it's like kind of moving a little bit. But mm -hmm. like I don't want like, I'm not trying to do like that like, what is it like Richard Devine? Just like those, you know, it's like what can I do with this thing? And it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm like definitely trying to find my more like just kind of cloud cloudy type sounding stuff. Yeah, I mean everyone has the sound they're kind of going for or whatever, and like I just like to have more. 
I also like to have really good sounds, like really pure sounds. Like the oscillators are really important to me to have like a really nice sounding oscillator. It, I don't know if it's my favorite, but uh, this like Schwemann VCO2RM, which is super old. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been making this for since Eurorack is, I mean, for a long time. Um, but it's 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 my only analog uh, oscillator. Oh really? Okay. Everything else is digital. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you had a preference. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're both <laughs> they're both fine for what they are. Um, I've gotten really more in, recently into uh, not recently, but for the last several years, more into like FM sounds, more like mm -hmm. uh, complex uh, tone generators. Uh, so like all those just like basic square wave, you know, it's just like really boring to me. Yeah. So like more, you know, so all of these voices, the oscillators have like this uh, Laqualic Iteritis, Shapeshifter, FM video. Um, they're like, they're all dual oscillators. So it's like I'm using them all for like, for FM, you know, mm -hmm. so more like clangy, um, metallic type tones or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and then the VCO2RM is really precise as an analog oscillator. Uh, but it's analog and it has all these like different weird shapes that are like you know weird uh, sawtoothy type complex waves or whatever. But it also uh, modulates really well and it cross modulates really well together. Like that's what I was just playing with because I haven't played with it as much as some of these other ones or whatever. And uh, it has a really just like pleasing tonality to it. Like it just sounds really electric, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Whereas the digital ones are like, you know, kind of harsher sounding or whatever, and it's nice in yeah. their own way too, so. What's your scenario? An unknown Norwegian great-grandfather passed away. He lived in the North Fjords, up by Finnmark, and only had a simple electricity generation system. Due to the constraints, there is a very low uh, amperage available, and in order to power anything other than headphones, there was only five modules that you could power. You are given a plane tomorrow. What do you bring? Okay, so I think first, like the mo one of my favorite modules, and like I, again, don't use it to its fullest extent all the time, but it's like super deep is the, um, the ModCan Quad LFO. Uh, I really love ModCan, like uh, Bruce Duncan, his designs. Uh, it's four LFOs, um, but it's not, I mean, you have all these different like different wave shapes, even like patterns, like tablatures, and then they have transforms for every single one of them, random noise, and they go into audio rate too. Oh, so it's just, it's insane, and you can cross-modulate everything. And then to top it all off, you can just hold a button, and it'll save everything that you've just programmed. Oh, so nice. when you power it off and power back on, it's exactly where you left it. Nice. If I was going to have one oscillator, I'd have to probably be the shapeshifter, just because it's the deepest. You could, I could probably just have that oscillator for like five years and never get to the like the end of the possibilities uh -huh. i mean you can do chords you can do uh you know you can have like just like two lfos with like um like logic between them you can basically you could probably sequence with it Jeez. you know what i mean you uh -huh. could just like use it as like lfos and like voltages to kind of like uh you know, cross-modulating each other. It has a percussion mode, which means it basically has a built-in VCA. So you can just send it a trigger, and it'll. You can set the length of the decay. It has a wave folder built in. I think you're selling me right now. I know it's. I'm, I'm... If I was gonna have one filter, it would be this uh, Schwemann uh, multi-mode filter one. So the MMF one. Um, it's like not the most. 
like dirty you know it's like it, it definitely has like a very like hi-fi like clean snappy modern sound to it but i, I love it for that um, and then the filter shapes are really cool so it has uh dual resonance peaks with a spacing knob so you can do like bandpass with two peaks and then move the peaks around oh nice so it sounds you can get like these formant sounds you can switch it between 12 db and 24 db for the slope uh, correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't schwayman or at least didn't he focus on making full systems and the modules came out of the I, schwayman system i think so so there's an s1 uh s1 Mark II was this thing that was, it was, they were selling it when I was into this stuff and I was like, oh, you know, it's one of those things that's like four grand, but I used to see them going used for like $2,600. And I, I was like, I could probably get one of those someday. And then they stopped manufacturing them right after that. So I had like bought in this like Schwemann voice module, like a VM1 and I sold it being like, okay, I'm just going to wait for an S1 to pop up discontinued never saw a VM1 or an oh. S1 ever again. So I just like, <laughs> So now whenever I can like buy the Schwimmen stuff, like that I, I have three modules of theirs right now. Whenever I can like buy it, I just kind of do it. Cause uh, if I don't want it anymore, I can sell it for probably more than I bought it for. I was for. just gonna ask if yeah. And they're just like case. lovely to have. So, I mean, I would love to have a system of all that stuff. I think it would be great, um, but it's just not really practical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that's three, right? Three. Okay. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't have a maths, but I'm going to say maths, and here's why. Because uh, of slopes, but maths has the, um, it has like the mixer with the uh, attenuverters too. Uh -huh. So attenuverters are so important for everything. I, I use this like 4MS, like SISM. Um, what, it's called like sh shuffling, I don't know, a single multiplier, something like that. But anyway, it's, it's basically just like four channels of attenuverters with offset that also mix together. So maths is kind of like two of those channels in the middle of the two uh, slope generators. And those are just like, I guess, like the most important, you know, it's LFOs are great modulators. The slope generators are good uh, uh, modulators, but also if you want to use them to like open and close a VCA or something like that, um, you know, triggered uh, or whatever. Okay. And then I have to think of any one more module. Uh, I know I need a VCA, but, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making maybe I'm just making drone music up in <laughs> up in Scandinavia. Is that where is that where I'm at? Yeah. <laughs> um, years of isolation. Years of music isolation. Music is your only thing that will keep you company. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see here. All right. I have a an oscillator, slopes, tenuverters, uh, quad, uh, LFO, filter. Um, you know what? I'm going to say no VCA and here's why, because, <laughs> because the MMF one will close all the way. So if uh, you can almost use it like a low pass gate, uh, it won't, you know, it won't, it, it'll, it'll just shut off all the way. Like, so my first system didn't have a VCA, but it had a, a Borg filter and the Borg filter is a low pass gate. So it'll just, it'll shut off all the way. So you can basically just use it as like a filtered VCA. Um, so some sort of sequencer I'd probably get. I don't know. I'd want something a little more powerful than like a Metropolis. Like the mod can touch is like there's crazy new stuff out that I don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even try to look at this stuff anymore because I'm just like I am so done. Yeah. I can't. 
I don't want to like just lust after something and be like, I have to have it. That's where I'm at right now. It's, it's hard. I'm also trying to save up for a wedding, so. Oh, God. I might. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'll just say a, a sequencer of some sort. Maybe. I said I don't look at stuff anymore, but there's that new, like, Scarp. Scarp. Uh, sequencer or whatnot they made the thing called the pyramid but it's basically like a pyramid for Eurorack. okay which is a super powerful like compact cpu based sequencer i'll take that okay cool we're at that time let's uh let's draw some so, some adjectives and nouns all right i'm, so. I'm terrified what do we got here so here's your adjective <laughs> i don't even i don't even know what this means <laughs> what is it it's a corpuscular corpuscular oh I want to say it's almost kind of like gnarly, like like uh, almost like a um, a lot of uh, burls. Gnarly, like, like burl carpet and in a boat. Like burly. Gnarly, like burls. I like that. <laughs> um, but I could be wrong. Let me look it up. So globular. Oh, Glo globular. Yeah, basically globular, like like a mass of cells. Okay. All and right. then here's a noun for you. Harbor. <laughs> globular harbor. Crepuscular or, or Crepuscular Harbor? Crepuscular Harbor. That's, it sounds cool. Mm. All right, well, we're going to pause. I'm going to save, and then we'll get set up. Okay.